We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. This is uh, round two of our podcast. Um, we spent the first round talking about conflict. If you haven't heard those, go back and listen to it. But this is actually episode number five. We're going to start four uh, different episodes on connection. So I'm Zach, this is Laura, and we are excited to talk to you. This this is Laura. <laughs> this is Laura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, so we're talking about connection, but really we're talking about lack of connection, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to be as if you don't know, Zach and I are both marriage therapists. Um, Why would they not friends. know that? They've already listened to all of our podcasts and they've found out exactly. that we're therapists. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, for those of you who may be listening for the very first time, we're both couples therapists. We both have private practices. We're buddies. We met over beers and uh, and we used to just kind of riff on what we were hearing in the office and what most often comes up. If it's not conflict, it's the lack of connection that couples are feeling and the desire to get it back. Um, so, Zach, do you have anything to kind of like add to just where you're at with what couples are saying when they come into your office and they're feeling disconnected? Yeah, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll fall asleep thinking about a couple, which I hate to do, but um, maybe it shows that I care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, um, that couple came in this morning and I hung out with them today because they were... Um, the reason I felt thinking about them is I was thinking about like what would be of help to these guys because they had a problem that many, many couples have and they have a name for it. And I know it's a name that you love, but we talked about it today. It was roommate syndrome and they were Mm -hmm. just really stuck in it. And I, we spent a lot of time just kind of talking about that. My head's actually like in that space at this very moment. So I'll be interested to bat ideas around with you. Well, okay, so let's just kind of describe what roommate syndrome is, because it's very far from what a lot of people would think about, which when I hear roommate syndrome, um, my brain tends to go to my very first college roommate and whatever syndrome I fell in with her, which was disliking the fact that she would study until all hours. And I probably wanted to sneak boys into my room and have the lower bunk. And uh, not that I was doing anything with boys in my lower bunk, but I just preferred to sleep (laughs) on the lower bunk. But so what is roommate? What is roommate syndrome? Well, I think roommate th- syndrome is a few things, right? It's a it, it's a safety, it's a security, it's a comfort, it's a complacency, um, it's a fundamental trust, but it lacks intimacy. Um, and I think that's the difference between like me and my college roommate. We're still friends to this day, and um, we have all of those things, but we don't, um, you know, we don't have intimacy. We don't have real depth. Um, at least we didn't as freshmen and sophomores in high school. But um, I think when couples slide into that, it's just because they've forgotten that they signed up for something amazing, right? They forgot all the things that made their wedding such a great party. Um, yeah. And they've gotten into the routine and now it's, it's just kind of a drag. Yeah. And they want a way out. <clears throat> you think couples want a way out. They want a way out of their roommate syndrome is what you're talking about. It's actually really, you know what? You know what, Laura? Like, I actually appreciate that question because the reason I fell asleep thinking about this couple last night is I'm not sure they do want a way out. I'm not sure they want to do the work that it takes to achieve intimacy. 
Um, wow. So that was my first question for them was, hey, do you want this to be different? Um, you know, and how did you get here? And we, that's the, those are the ideas we bat around. For example, like we talked a little bit about the idea that they call it settling down. Do you ever mm-hmm. think about that? They call marriage mm-hmm. settling down. It's like a like dirty word. Well, it's not. I mean, it's just like, who wants to do that? Who wants to settle? Yeah. Who wants to go down? Um, <laughs> it ought to be something like striving up, <laughs> you know? Um, but we don't so, do that. We don't, we don't think that way unless somebody is reminding us to. Yeah. Settling down. So the idea that you just kind of get really comfortable. You know, the part with roommate syndrome that I think about is this idea of couples when you first get together and you first get married, you have that puppy dog honeymoon syndrome where you think about your partner in so many love and fond ways and you go out of your way to be romantic and then you just kind of get comfortable, right? This whole idea of like settling down and you become Mm -hmm. complacent in your relationship and you have things that are now competing for priorities. Maybe they're children. Maybe they're uh, striving to make some big jumps in, in the workplace. But either way, like your partner is last on the list. And now all of a sudden, you're no longer um, intimate partners. Now you're kind of just roommates, right? You're just two ships passing in the night. Yeah. Or, um, man, you always have like this... Uh, you talk about things being parallel. And I think that I think of couples that are doing roommate syndrome as living these parallel lives that don't intersect in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. Unless they're through some third thing, like their kids, like we're, we'll go to the soccer sideline together, but we rarely do, um, you know, our own sort of private things. And I think people get sold this lie. Um, like, like date night, for example, I, I know I bought it for a long time is I can't afford a date night, right? I can't afford a babysitter. I can't afford a movie. I can't afford the time. And it's just, uh, I think the cost of that is much higher than you might imagine. Um, mm. the cost of not going out with your partner ends mm-hmm. up being higher, certainly for this couple that I was visiting with this morning. You know, mm-hmm. the, the other thing about them is like, they were telling me this story about how they went on a, uh, on a trip this last weekend and they had their young children in the car and they, they were sleeping and they couldn't get out of the car and the way that they sort of made uh, their time come alive is they went to McDonald's and they got a milkshake and they were like giddy about it because it was the first time they'd ever like snuck, snuck something that their kids couldn't have, their sleeping <laughs> kids. And I was like, it was really sad to me that the way that they were like playful with one another was like at the drive through at McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know, well, they got to learn how to. <laughs> I, I have to I have to totally disagree with you on this. And I don't often disagree because okay. I think very highly of you. But wait I a think... second. You disagree with me a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm disagreeing in a non-playful way that I think okay. that this is a great example of um couples coming together because oftentimes, you know, couples they they don't have like this partnership. But in this particular scenario, they came together and they were going to sneak something behind their par- behind their kids back. So they were kind of coming together and they had yeah. like the common hmm. common outsiders, right? Rather than yeah. it's like me and my boys or um you got the oldest kid, I've got the youngest kid. It was like they were partnered for the first time and they were doing something together and that might that it was a joke, you know, behind their kids back. I like that. I think that's very playful. Yeah. Indeed, it was the time of their trip that they felt most alive uh, in their relationship. So I, I don't, I'm not going to discount that. Um, and maybe the lesson there is that it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be a big elaborate date night. It can be something as simple as driving through at McDonald's. Totally. We took it all. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, have you ever done this? I have often told couples um, that they need to skip my next session, that I don't want them to schedule the next session for next week. I want them to instead use that time to go out for dinner with each other yeah, and like by the themselves. Cost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> buy, buy yourself a $30 bottle of wine and enjoy enjoy <laughs> yeah. your lobster dinner for what it would cost to come see me. Because I think that that would be much more meaningful in a lot of ways rather than sort of rehashing or trying to learn new skills. Just connect with each other. Just have a deeper well, conversation. The answer is yes, I do do that. Because um, especially when couples are kind of winding therapy down and they want to take a week off, I'm like, that's totally fine. Take a week off, but don't surrender this hour. You've already made plans right. in your week and in your life that you've created this space. You know for sure that you have time. Go ahead and use it and spend less than you would here. Like go ahead and have lunch or go ahead and have mm -hmm. dinner. Um, because it, again, the cost of not taking that time is higher than than you might imagine. Yeah. Hey, so I want to so, bring us back um, to this idea of roommate syndrome, because we're talking about connection in this series. And roommate syndrome is really that lack of connection that creeps into relationships and can be very toxic because it goes under the radar. Um, mm -hmm. What are some ways that people could say, hey, you know, I wonder if this is something that we're creeping into? Like, what are some signs that you could say, we're creeping into some roommate syndrome here, honey. And I think we need to pay more attention to our relationship and our connection. Well, my brain wants to latch on to like three C words, but I can only think of two right now. But one is that people get complacent, right? When you just get complacent and you get um, still, um, when there's not much sort of movement or adventure or play, I think that's obviously a um, a sign. The second mm -hmm. one I would say is, um, I think even more problematic than complacency is a lack of curiosity. I think when people mm. stop stop being curious about their relationship and their partner, it gets, I mean, it's so easy just to think that you know everything already. Yeah. Um, I have your third C, by the way. I don't know, you got a third way. one? You got yeah. a third C word for me? You do? I do. Are you ready? It's conflict. So I think that when oh, okay. couples creep into roommate syndrome, they have a lack of a conflict or it might be the avoidance of conflict. But that's and a good thing, right? To have a lack of conflict. No, no, Zach. Did you listen to our first four episodes? <laughs> oh, conflict is good in relationships. Conflict can bring you closer together. It can deepen and enhance your intimacy. And so when couples find themselves walking on eggshells, not wanting to rock the boat, or just thinking, you know, this is a big deal to me, but I just, I don't even want to have this conversation. I could play this out in my head. I know exactly how it's going to go. So I'm just going to avoid it altogether yeah, okay. I and it. sweep it under the rug. So I think your third C is conflict, a lack of it. All right. So All right. an abundance of complacency, a lack of curiosity, and a lack of conflict. Mm -hmm. Those are three probably pretty good symptoms of roommate syndrome. So let's maybe, maybe in our next episodes, we should spend some time talking about how to, how to remedy those situations. I think that might be a smart idea. <laughs> Mind blown. 
Hey, before we go, I have to ask you. So for those of you who don't know, Zach's in Seattle, Washington. Um, and then I, Laura Heck, I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're sitting here recording our podcast, looking at each other on these um, iPads. Am I on your phone right now? You're on my phone. Okay. So we're, we're essentially looking up each other's noses. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the fun part is that Zach and I, um, we both have goals. And we, I like to check in with Zach's goals. And I know that it's summer's kind of wrapping up here. And I'm curious how the summer bod is going. Are you still doing Orange Theory Fitness? I worked out a lot this summer. We had a challenge where between June 1st and August 31st, we had to try and work out 40 times, um, which I achieved on the 90th day. On August 31st, I worked out for the 40th time. However, I also really enjoyed the summer in terms of all the food and drink and merriment Mm -hmm. that I got to enjoy. So my... My uh, my summer bod is uh, what do they say? What do they call that thing? Dad, dad it's bod. Dad bod. Dad bod. It's <laughs> yeah, where like totally. you might have like strong arms and it looks good in a t-shirt, but you might also have a little extra pudge around the middle. Right on, right on. I love how you <laughs> notice these things. I didn't say it. No, I didn't. Yes, say, you did. Well, Remember my shirt that didn't fit very good. It's it's just a small shirt. It wasn't that the body was big. It's just that you right prefer on. a small shirt. All flannels should be large, didn't you? You grew up in the grunge era. You were Goodbye, probably. Laura. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, our next podcast. What are we talking about? We're talking about how to have conversations on purpose, ones that really do lead you to a stronger sense of connection. Okay. Cool. Well, until then, I'll see you next week, Zach. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening. And if you found this episode helpful, please review us on iTunes. If you haven't already subscribed to Marriage Therapy Radio, go ahead and do that. Do that today because we have some of the most challenging couple complaints coming down the pipeline. And I just want to make sure that you don't miss an episode. Also, we have been talking about connection. If you're curious about how connected you and your mate are, take our connection quiz at www.forbetter.us forward slash get started. And I just wanted to thank you for your time, your attention, but mostly thank you for your energy that you're investing in your relationship for better. Thanks. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.